This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This program is sponsored by New Zealand Bridge, sponsors of Grassroots Bridge across the nation. Welcome to the Bridge Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have a lot on the show and we've had various guests pop in and out of the studio today. They are voicing our dirty trick poems. I've never had so many guests on the show. (laughs) So we've selected a couple. We'll be making our announcements for the winners through New Zealand Bridge website. So look and learn and also we'll email the winners because it's this Sunday, Barry. Yeah, some great poems. Who would have thought bridge players were that? Talented. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to air some of those poems that we've selected later on during the show. Uh, we're just going to cover off what we did yesterday. So we went off to Karamataleti's funeral service in Matamata at the Catholic Church. Jam packed. There were a lot of people. They had to put chairs out the back. It, it was, was great. It just goes to show uh, how many people that Karen Mataleti has yeah, touched, touched in their, in their life. life. Yep. It was a lovely send-off. It was, and there, of course there will be the Tauranga celebration on Wednesday. Fun 30? Yeah, I'm picking there will be heaps of people there too. Yeah. Anyway, Palmerston North. Palmerston North. What was happening down in Palmerston North? Oh, the 75th anniversary. It's pretty good. And you went down there? I did. Stayed with my neighbours. Drove down Saturday and drove home yesterday so that I could make the funeral. Got a couple of fairly rough sort of pick-up partners to play with. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you do that, eh? You come from and you think, oh, right, who can I play? So first session, played with Mr. Wayne Burrows. <laughs> Not bad. Just picking up a girl grandmaster to play with. Yeah, and he wore this blooming white suit and it had all cards splashed all over it. Picture this, people. Shoes had cards on them. His socks had cards on them. His suit was white with cards smashed all over them. Oh, you're not going to do the boxer shorts thing, are you? (laughs) You know, there's no secrets at the bridge table, but if he touched his left arm, it was diamonds, and if he touched his right arm, it was bass. Pretty colourful. I said, you look like you should be in the Batman series, like the Joker or something like that. It was a pretty impressive suit. I'm sure you people have... Have seen it. Yep. He only lasted one session, though. How could you? Where could you go after that? <laughs> well, I managed to pick up the guest speaker for the second round. Who was that? Scott Smith. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I did well. You did pretty well in the partnership stakes. I came up with some C points, which was great. Okay. It was very good. Now it was a great thing. Uh, I hope Scott was dressed appropriately. Was he? Did he have? Oh, had he, he made didn't an effort? Have a card suit. He yeah, made no nah. effort at all. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> no, but he did tell me a funny story about you. He did. Yeah. He said to me, "Can you say hello to my brother?" Okay. And I was like, "Oh, I've just met you, mate. I don't know who your brother is." And he said, "Oh, I'll say hello to Barry Jones." I was like, "Oh, you're going to have to walk me through this." <laughs> But apparently, back in the day, there was an article about Neil Dravitsky. And I said, yep, I know that name. He's still playing. He's still doing good. He said, yeah, well, the reporter actually wrote that Barry and I were his sons. So every time we hook up, we say, g'day, bro. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, like, that's true. That is very true. How did that get so wrong? Always ask him how dad is. But how did it get so wrong? I just, I just it's a long time ago. The memory's a bit hazy. I'm not sure that's exactly how it happened, but yeah. yeah Something so, like so that. So there was a bit of confusion. Yeah, so that that was a bit funny. Hamilton are celebrating their 70th anniversary next year, and I thought, right, I'm going to be involved in that. So I was sort of picking up some clues. And my friend Denise Savante, of course, is the president down there. So I was making little notes and... She was saying to me, oh, right, so you're going to take pick out some? I said, yeah, I've got some really good tips. And she said, oh, is there anything that you're going to improve on? And I said, yeah, actually, there is. And this is going to be right at the top of the list. So they had a champagne brunch, which was lovely. So it started off at 11.30. The local Labour MP, Tangi Utakiri, he did the opening, and then they had speeches and rah, rah, rah. Then we had a game of... And then we had supper, and then we went into another game of bridge. And everybody had sort of left, and I had no idea what the time was. And my host, my next-door neighbours, they are elderly, and they went to bed early, so I knew that they weren't going to be up. And I thought, oh, it doesn't seem to be a lot of people around. I said, oh, well, I'll stay and help you, Denise. And she said, okay, so I was doing that. And when she asked me about one thing that I'd be doing better at Hamilton next year, I said, yep. The first thing at the top of my list is I won't be bloody vacuuming the bridge club at 11 o'clock at night, that's for sure. <laughs> 11 o'clock at night, I am vacuuming the Palmerston North Bridge Club. And all you can think of is, well, here's a bit of material for the bridge zone at least. <laughs> yeah, but they had... If only we had a photo. We could have Sadie, oh, no. Sadie the cleaning lady. Here she is. They actually have a flash Dyson vacuum cleaner that they got through a pub charity grant <laughs> I thought right I'll take that tip too so any of you bridge clubs need to upgrade your vacuum cleaner go to your local charities I've heard everything now she's turned into a vacuum cleaner salesman <laughs> <laughs> right. but it was good really enjoyed it Okay, now, the A-point race. I understand you had a bit of discussion down there about the A-point race. And there's another little A-point race that we are not aware of. That yeah, so there's a sort of three going on. We've got Mike Weir with his A's, my chase So two. I've got the $5 bet on that Michael Weir won't get to 500 A's in a year. Actually, I had a word with Mike yesterday. And we think that bet possibly might need adjustment. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's very expensive for him, Barry, chasing all these A points. And he doesn't want to let you down. And I said... Then let me down. I don't want him to get there. I want him no, to, I told I him I want him to finish on four ninety nine. He wants you to pay. <laughs> it's... I came up with a better prize. I said, not a measly $5. I said, I think if you make it, I'm going to have a word to Barry Jones. And if you do get there... I reckon he should pay your airfare to the Gold Coast Congress. Good luck with that. And he said, sounds like a great idea, Mariana. And I said, right, let's make it so, John Luke Picard. And I said, you got two hopes of that happening and one of them's dead. Anyway, for, for those who are interested, this is pretty remarkable. Michael Weir is currently on 206.2 A's for the wow. year at the end of May. So he's halfway through the year. But we've got some big events coming on, including yep. Congress, obviously, later on. So. Well, I did ask him. I said, is there enough here in New Zealand for you? And he said, there's plenty. Yeah, well, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> 
Gold Coast Kira Berry Jones sponsorship. Here we come. Yeah, my nerves are starting to get bad enough it is for the $5, I'm telling you. <laughs> and apparently, so there's another one going on. We've got Jack James and Jeremy Fraser Hoskin. That's right. They're, they're having an A-point race currently. Jack's on 132 A's for the year and Jeremy's on 131. Absolutely. Could be a photo finish, Mariana. <laughs> when I was having a word to old Jack, I thought, right, let's get some goss. I said, we did A's to K's with Russell Wilson. I'd be interested, Jack, if you could have a little tally up for me. He said, oh my God, he's, that's going to take me a while. I was like, probably didn't, you know, he's a mess with, so it probably took him two seconds. I got this little text message. And so this year, and he's being pretty exact, one three two point four A points he has and the total distance of travel is seven thousand one hundred and fifty seven K. Oh <laughs> I know. Get out of here. So it's fifty four point zero six Ks for one A point. <laughs> Ooh, that doesn't sound like such a great return, does it? But anyway Well that's yep. like a little bit to Morrinsville and back. <laughs> Not too bad. So A's to K's is 0.0185A for every K. Also, that distance, Mariana is going from the top of New Zealand to Bluff and back twice. (laughs) No. (laughs) That's what you have to get to get 132 A's. I know. I wonder what Jeremy's done, because he's done a few. And in fact, Mr... Fraser Hoskins didn't do the youth trip. He was actually chasing yeah, his A's and he I went all the that. way down to Kaikoura. So when we were doing the Zone 7 yep. thing against Australia, no sign of Jeremy. Yeah, he'd gone chasing some A he points was down. chasing in... A's. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nearly worked. He's only one behind. I wonder if there's any of our listeners that have got a target they're aiming for. I wonder if anybody wants to let us in on their secret, what their target is, whether it's A points, B points, what it is, C points. Well, everyone knows my target is 100 by the end of yeah, this year. so who would like to, I mean, send it in. What's that address, Mariana? Bridgezoneshuffle at gmail.com. Let us know your target and we'll follow you as well. And just on a side note, was talking to Mindy Wu yesterday in Matamata and she said that she would like to make a dedication to Karen Martelletti. Mindy Wu and Marios Tumalovic actually took out the Victoria Swiss Pears on Sunday and she would like to dedicate that win to her great friend Karen Martelletti. That's really nice. Yeah, I noticed that they, uh, ironically, they uh, had to beat Mike Ware up in the last round to win it. And Grant Jarvis, yes, they did. Yeah, Mike Wearing and Grant Jarvis, was, it was uh, nice that they got up and yeah. really touching that she would dedicate that to Karen. Yes, we'll be chasing those young guns again or following the young guns again. In my chase, I've got 23 to go. Starting to work out a plan. When are the first ones coming, Mariana? Oh, I don't know. I said I'm starting to work it out. It means all I've just got a blank piece of paper with A's. <laughs> Have you got the number 23 on there somewhere? I will. It's that 23, and I'm thinking, right, where's my next one? Okay, so I'm starting to plan. Have you got any coming up this weekend? I'm playing in the Restricted up in Auckland on Saturday, and then, of course, I'm going to the Dirty Tricks, Doco. So there's no A points at stake? No, it's B points. So it'll still be 23 when I see you next week? That's right. I have to move. So where's your first A point tournament? I don't know. Where is one? Oh, they're all over the place, Mariana. There's one the following week at Tauranga. There's a big National Pairs event on. Oh, no, I can't. I'll be in Dunedin. I fly out to Dunedin on the 9th, so it'll just have to wait till July. 
Okay. And then I'll plot. But I'll keep you in touch. Oh, Barry, we just mentioned Dirty Tricks. Let's hear some of our poems. A well-known bridge player from Pinner twice ruled his partner's winner. Said his partner in pain, If you do that again, I'll feed you to the dog for his dinner. I dream of grand slams and finesses that work, where the points are our way and we win come what may, and that your highest ace will be trumped by my two, and that you'll never beat us, whatever you do. There was a young man from Hawke's Bay who delighted in excellent play. One day he revoked, what, not me, he croaked, as he moved card from where it lay. The stare and the glare of the partner who knows. The how could you, why did you, my lack of skill shows. There's a tear in my eye, but grown-ups don't cry. Instead, I'll look happy and try and get by. So that's a short selection of what we picked out so far. We'll give you some more later on in the show. Hey, where's Judge Julie? Judge Julie is in session at the moment. He is Patrick. Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Barry. So we got a question from an anonymous listener. They've signed off Nobly Nut. There you go. And the question <laughs> is, if declarer claims, under what circumstances can they be made to play the hand out? And part two of the question is, if, if they are made to play it out, do they have to leave their cards face up on the table? You can't make them play it out, but the rules now say that if all four players agree, you can play it out. The only thing is that if you do that, the result is going to be whatever you decide at the table, because once you decide to play it out yourself, the director is not going to be involved at all. First of all, I point out that this is one of the few cases where dummy can be involved in the play because it specifically says all four players. So if dummy disagrees, or if dummy isn't there because they've gone to the toilet, or if they've gone outside for a smoke, you'll have to wait for them to come back because you can only play it out with all four players saying so. I always think that if you're going to go down this path of playing it out, then someone at the table is stupid. And I'll tell you why. Because you know, two, thing, two things can happen. Let's say the claim is good, but declarer thinks they're being nice and agrees to play it out. Because you can see all the tricks are there, you get bored and you accidentally play the wrong card, you are not going to get any comeback. So you were stupid to play it out. On the other hand, let's say the director would have ruled in your favour, let's say there's a missing trump. You think declarer might have forgotten about that missing trump? The director probably would have ruled in your favour. If you play it, if instead you get the clara to play it out and they think, oh, I wonder why they're saying that. Oh, maybe there's a trump still out and they draw that trump. You know, the clara's going to make the rest of the tricks. And even though the director would have ruled in your favour, they're now going to score up the full amount. One side or the other could be losing based on insisting that it's played out. So really, one side or the other is stupid. And if you ask me, I'd say, if you're in this situation, look at your opponent's. If you don't think they're stupid, then that only leaves one option. <laughs> oh, you're on form today, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. So what about the second part? The second part about leaving it face down on the table, I don't think that's mentioned anywhere. Once again, the director's not involved, so if everyone at the table agrees to play it out, you can't get the director there to say whether or not they've got to stay on the table because the director's no longer a part of this. Oh, wow. uh, and it doesn't actually mention that anywhere. So if you're playing it out and, and everyone's happy with them being left on the table, well, that's up to you. If they pick them up, well, 
well, the director's not going to rule otherwise because the director's not a part of this anymore. It used to be that if you played on after a claim, then you're doing something illegal and, and you could call the director back at the end of it and the director would say, well, I'm not interested in what happened after the claim because that was illegal and I'm going to go back to the claim. They've decided that doesn't happen anymore. They changed that rule from saying it was illegal to play on after a claim to say you can do it only if all four players agree and then really the director's just not involved. So as far as the cards being left on the table or not, well, the director's not involved at that stage, so how could the director rule on it? Sounds like the director's out of a job. It sounds a lot easier just to accept the claim or not accept it, I think, is the story. It's called the director. There are rules. It's supposed to be done one way or the other. I remember myself, before I ever became a director, I had one where one elderly lady said, oh, could you play it out, please, dear? And I did exactly that. All the tricks were there, and I accidentally pulled the wrong card out of my hand without noticing because I was bored because I had knew all the tricks were there. No. So I thought, I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a fair while ago now. I'm sure the little old lady was delighted, but from the sound of it, she probably... Yeah, so probably encouraged her from then on to do, to do exactly <laughs> yeah, well, the same well, thing. Well, if I'd known back then, I would have been able to call the director... And so we illegally played on after a claim, and the director should have then said, well, let's go back, and they would have looked at my claim and said, oh, that's a good claim, and they would have given it back to me, but I didn't know back then. That's a yeah, long time ago. <laughs> the good news is it was that long ago. The little old lady's probably not regularly playing bridge anymore, Patrick. I'd say definitely. <laughs> <laughs> See you on the weekend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. well, right. Bye. Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond. Phenomena. Phenomena. What's this? It's Kermit's Bridge Tips with Pam Livingston. Good morning, Kermit. Good morning. How cold are you down in the necky this morning? On Tuesdays, I work at Riding for the Disabled, and I had four layers of clothing on this morning to go to work. I've thawed enough just to take that top jacket off now. (laughs) (laughs) Three layers is is enough at the moment. Pretty happy to be wrapped up in this nice warm studio. Apart from wearing lots of layers, what's your tip for this week? My tip this week is no trash talk. Now, I'm not talking about trash talking the opponents. I mean, we just don't do that. A, it's against the rules, and B, it's just a nasty thing to do. I'm talking about trash talking yourself. So something bad has happened at the table for whatever reason. This is what we attempted to do. I'm sorry, partner. I'm really sorry. I'm really dumb. I'm really sorry. Gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm really sorry. Okay, let's not do that for lots of reasons. So the first one is, It's not always immediately clear who's made what mistakes. There's no need to take all the blame on yourself. B, saying this out loud about yourself reinforces negative thoughts in your head. And that's not a good thing to be doing. There's no undo button. Go on to the next board and forget about that board. Sure, discuss it with partner at the end if necessary, but don't verbalise those negative thoughts because there's nothing you can do about that board. You want to be in a good space for the next board. And I'm pretty sure that partner doesn't need you to say that to them. And if you do have a partner that needs you to say that to them, then you might consider looking for another partner. Uh, (laughs) And another thing is, you know what? Your opponents will be loving it. You know, if you've just played one board against them, and then just said all this negative things, 
And you've got another board or even, you know, another 11 if you're playing a teams match. They'll be loving it. You don't want to do things that the opponents love. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I say to you, for your own well-being, no trash talk. Gosh, I didn't realise we had a mental health expert on the show as well, Mariana. What do you think? <laughs> that would be so hard. You know, it's the apology sometimes just slips out without even a second thought. Pam. Depending on how bad it is. My partners probably don't think I apologise enough. Okay, if you have to apologise, once is ample. If you absolutely have to apologise, like cause sometimes we do do things that we're, we're truly ashamed of. <laughs> and a quick sorry. There's a one sorry limit. You don't need five. Andrew Robson yeah. said <laughs> saying it once is enough. Just thinking that, we interviewed Andrew Robson a while ago and that's what he said. One apology is exactly the right number. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think zero to one. Okay. Yeah, like, partner knows you didn't mean to make a mistake. Nobody does. And maybe you didn't even make a mistake. Maybe it was partner, but they like to get in the attack. Funny, Next board. Funny thing is, sometimes you make a mistake. Like, you know, I think it's horrendous. When Sometimes when you actually look at the hand later on, you realise that actually it maybe didn't make as much difference as you thought because of some other aspect of the hand. I did have one of those in the Zone 7, a hand I was truly ashamed of, and it was a pickup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a, we were playing at one of the sets, six sixteen boards, board one, six diamonds down one. Oh my God. Yeah, that was two in. They were in no trumps, going more down. Yeah, I wasn't really thinking, oh, there's a couple imps for us. Six diamonds yeah. down one, that's always a good score. Yeah, right. You're doing nobody any good by trash-talking yourself. Nobody. And you're doing yourself harm. Sounds very glass half full. Thank you, Pam. Catch Kermit next week for another tip. See you. Here's some more poems. You're in for a treat. Some of them even have more of a beat. Floating with Omar. Sharif. Hanging with Isaac. Mizrahim. Lohan deluded, Lohan corrupted. Behind the scenes, it's not what it seems. The cheaters got caught on the film, yo. Ron and Lotan sat down at the table to play a session of bridge. They hummed and they hawed while moving the board to tell each other the lead. But in bridge, that's a sin, since we don't cheat to win, it's just not part of the game. Their titles were stripped, a band put in place, their reputations totally shot. But who can deny that, in spite of this crime, Lotan with no shirt is quite hot. Vulnerability is red, partner is blue. My slam tries are great, five spades, down two. And to close the show, we've got Barry with a tip. Yeah, I had a question that somebody asked about, how many points do you need for a reopening double, Mariana? Reopening double. So a reopening double. So maybe you've opened and the opponents have overcalled. You've opened a diamond and they've bid two clubs and it comes pass, pass to you. Yep. And you're, it's a, what they call a reopening double. If you pass, it's all over, isn't it? So double is reopening. And you know usually you don't want to let the opponents play on two clubs, particularly if you're short of clubs. So this is a bit of a trick question, Mariana. How many well, points for your opening double? Apparently, I, I think really reopening double... It is, yeah, well, people said nine to ten. Some people said six. Well, in this case, you've opened the bidding. But, I mean, you, it may be that you've, maybe you've, your partner's opened a dime and they've overcalled two clubs. 
and um, you know partners bid two partners doubled or whatever. Is that reopening is when you're in the pass out seat and you double. Yep. And so the not really anything to do with the number of points you've got. Oh. It's more about how many of the overcalled suit you've got. So if you are short of their suit with a minimum hand, you probably should still reopen with a double. Oh. Um, the statement that I read was, you don't want to defend the contract undoubled, but are willing to defend it doubled if that's what partner wants. Because quite often when it goes one diamond, two clubs, pass, pass to you, partner is sitting there with a whole pile of clubs just praying that you're going to make yeah. a reopening double. They do not want to hear you bid a suit. So mm. in that situation, some people double without looking at their cards, but ideally a club shortage is what you need. If you're sitting there with five diamonds and five clubs and it goes one diamond, two clubs, pass, pass to you, you probably should sell out. It looks like they're in the wrong place. looks like they've got a better place. If you double, they might get out of jail. Mm. So, wow. I mean, you'd feel awfully sick if they if they then bid two hearts or something and their partner raised to four. That happened in the zone seven, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's not about trumps. It's not about points. It's about how many of their suit you've got. Hey, just quickly before we go, got tapped on the shoulder at Matamata yesterday and got congratulated on the Grand Slam that I bid last week. And I didn't even look at it, you know, but I, I did bid one. No one else bid it. I couldn't understand it. And that's what they were saying. You were the only one that bid it. And then another one said, yeah, we're playing against them. And they said, yeah, it was bid confidently. So I don't know what happened at all the other tables. So he tapped you on the shoulder. Go on. It was Pam Moore. Pam Moore, that was very nice. Yeah, and I was actually talking with Anna and it was against Anna Richard where I bid it. And I was surprised because I actually never looked at the board that I was the only one that bid seven. Everyone else, regardless of what contract they were, all made seven. There was actually some that weren't actually in slam, but the majority of the room was in six. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, it's a bit weird. should look at that and figure out why. Well, it's a bit hard. You'd have to look inside the minds of all those other bridge players. That could be ugly. Anyway, we better go. We're running we out will. of time. They're going to okay. lock us out of the studio shortly. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Bye for now. And just because we can, here's a special farewell closing to this Bridge Zone session to our friend, Karen Martelletti. In the harbour Tomorrow for all England She says Far away from your land Of endless sunshine To my land Full of rainy skies again And I shall be aboard that ship tomorrow Though my heart is full of tears At this farewell for you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can tell For you are beautiful And I have loved you dearly More dearly than the spoken word can tell For more 
episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.